one 9646 is the number to get a hold of Savannah anytime. And email symbol as well, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to uh, Fight for My LTD, the injury calculator, all kinds of stuff to whittle our way through. We'll concentrate on some trip and fall and your emails as well. But we get to the, uh, the week that was a review back or look back at some stuff that's come across your desk over the last uh, week or so. What's up, pal? All right, John. Let's uh, start talking about some long-term disability cases. I have a lot of people phone call, um, you know, calling me, uh, going to fightformyltd.com, so many questions on mydisabilityquestions.com, the website, right? You don't have to call me. You can actually submit your questions online. So let me read one of those questions that I got um, just uh, uh, earlier this week. This is from, uh, from Carol in Bradford, and she writes, I'm on LTD following cancer and have found out my department has been let go. If I'm offered the severance package, can I still collect LTD? So let's unpack this. And again, I reiterate, we do employment law and LTD, right? It is so crucial when you are facing a long-term disability issue or an employment issue to go to a law firm that can really deal with all of these issues because they intertwine, right? So let's talk about this. So she has cancer. She's been uh, let go. The department's been let go. First thing is first, she's owed severance. So the first question, which would be to my partner, Lior, on the employment hour, is she getting proper severance? Is there a human rights component here because she was let go while on disability? I don't know. I'm not an employment lawyer. Lior is, so I'm going to refer her to him, okay? With respect to LTD, she's asking, can I still collect LTD? Well, in most long-term disability policies out there, uh, the policies contain often provisions that say that if you receive income, and such income can be severance, although again, that's a loaded word, severance. If you receive severance, that can constitute uh, income, which may be deducted from the LTD amount. So let's say, for example, you're getting, uh, I don't know, $30,000 a year for LTD. Mm -hmm. Let's say your severance was $10,000. Well, the insurance company is going to tell you that they are not going to pay you $30,000. They're going to pay you, correct, $30,000. The difference is, though, however, and, and I've come across this quite a few times now, uh, and again, it goes to the point of why it's important to come to us because we do both employment and mm-hmm. LTD, is because when we negotiate your severance, depending on the facts of the case, the severance can be allocated. The amount of money potentially could be not 10000 uh, for for severance for termination pay, Perhaps there is a human rights angle here, right? Okay. Because she's on disability. So perhaps five out of that $10,000 is not actual termination pay. It's general damages, as we call them, so human rights. So it wouldn't count? Correct, because nice. it's not income, right? So suddenly the insurance company can take the position that it's 30000 minus 10. It's 30000 minus $5,000. So very, very important to understand. And, and, and you know, to answer Carol's question... Yes, absolutely, you can continue to pay LTD. It doesn't matter that the department was let go, that you were let go. You became disabled while you were still covered by the LTD policy, which means that your coverage continues. The only time it would stop is if you no longer qualify under the definition of total disability. But you you see how this one question here can be unpacked. There are so many different angles. And, you know, fantastic for Carol for submitting that question. And again, I invite people out there. This costs nothing. You have questions about long-term disability, submit them. It's free. I answer them almost instantaneously, unless I'm sleeping or in a meeting. Uh, you know, you'll get an answer directly from me. Or both. Yeah. And you can, you know, some people end up getting into a conversation with me via email. Yeah. And, and you know, John, the amount of times, I think last week, three people insisted on paying me for my time because I kept asking questions. And I said, no, I'm not interested. You know, you, if you want to pay me or you want to do something nice, then, you know, here's a charity that I work with. Donate to them. Mm-hmm. 
you know, unless I'm actually doing work for you, right? Th then we talk about fees down the road when we recover money for you. But you have questions, just email them to me. Call me. We don't bite. We give out information that's valuable. You also have mydisabilityquestions.com too, right? Perfect place. Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Mydisabilityquestions.com. This is where people post these questions. It's instantaneous. I mean, you'll get answers from me, you know, literally within minutes. What else you got going on? All right. So let's talk about this other uh, individual. This, uh, this individual, his name is Paul from London. Also an LTD case. So let me read you some of the notes. Uh, he had a type A aortic dissection at home and was sent to the hospital and, and had immediate surgery on February 24, 2017. Uh, he still has an aneurysm and has a follow-up uh, coming up in October to see how the aneurysm grows. He's on disability. He's been on disability for six months. Now, here's what's interesting. His cardiologist cleared him to return to work and put him on modified duties starting May 24th. He contacts his insurance company, and they're telling him that they will only speak with the insurance company. In other words, they want uh, to speak with the insurance company about this disability case, and that they do not have anything for him to do which complies with his modified duties. So his cardiologist says, yes, you can go back to work with modified duties. Right. Employer says, sorry, we can't accommodate you. Again, you see how there is an employment law angle? So again, Lior is going to be involved, or one of the employment lawyers is going to be involved here. In addition to that... His insurance company is now threatening to possibly cut him off, but he doesn't know why. Well, I can explain why, because his cardiologist says that in his medical opinion, he thinks that uh, Paul can do work on modified duties. Now, remember, this is very important. Many people face a situation where their doctors say, we think you could go back to work on modified duties, modified hours. That doesn't mean the person can actually do it, right? Right. So, uh, you know, you have to work with your employer, and if they don't accommodate you, we can help on the employment side. But the insurance company, once they get this information from the doctor, doctor saying you can potentially go back, well, they are technically correct in saying, well, we don't have to cover you if your doctor says you can go back. Right. So what happens is some people end up trying to go back. Yeah, they take it for a spin and they can't do and it. And they can't right? do it. Yeah. And, 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 but what happens in that situation oftentimes is that the insurance company, for whatever reason, doesn't believe that the person can't do it. If you're in that situation, again, call me immediately. Remember, insurance companies are there for one reason only. They're in business to make money. If they can cut you off, if they can frustrate you, if they can tell you to appeal and then deny the appeal once, twice, three times, you know, all the better for them because the majority of people out there will simply give up. Don't give up. Okay. If you're faced with a situation like this, you don't know what to do, call me, email me, or go to mydisabilityquestions.com. one 9646 is the number. You can also email Savannah anytime, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to a few more cases, some trip and fall, and get to the injury calculator in just a little bit here as well. The Insurance Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. Dear. one 9646 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You have questions any time of day for Savannah. Write them off and... Uh, He'll, uh, he'll respond very quickly. We'll get to the injury calculator here in just a bit. you got a few more cases you want to go through, though. Yeah, let's talk about another LTD case. Again, I've been receiving a ton of those. This is coming from Andrew, and he's calling on behalf of his wife. She has been on LTD, long-term disability, for 18 months. She was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. Her LTD was cut off on April mm -hmm. 1st. Get this, because her insurance company says that she no longer qualifies under the definition of total disability. MS, John. I mean, this is not just a little bit of back pain. Yeah. This Sprain is, this is a, a horrible, horrible disease. I, I, 
when I see these, I get furious. You know, I had, I had um, a, a blowout conversation with a defense lawyer on a case that I'm on a few weeks back. Uh, she was upset that, uh, you know, I was quoted in the CBC, in CBC and National Post and all that. And I got to tell you, John, I, I let her talk for 10 minutes and uh, about how upset her insurance client is that we, we are talking about these issues and, and her client's unfair uh, practices uh, on, on the radio. And, uh, you know, they, they're upset. And anyway, I let her talk for 10 minutes. And then I paused when she stopped and I responded, your client's actions are disgusting. Hmm. They're absolutely disgusting. And not only that they're disgusting, they're actionable at law. So what you're seeing right now on the news is nothing compared to what's going to happen when we get this before a judge. You know, there, there, there is just, I don't know, my, 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 my threshold for tolerance uh, for these stupid things that insurance companies do is, is uh, my fuse is, is just shorter and shorter every time that I deal with one of these issues. So anyways, ba- sorry, I digress. Back to this issue. So Andrew calling on behalf of his wife. She has a mess. They're cutting her off. Oh, by the way, she was just approved for CPP disability. So she made it through that threshold. Yeah, wow. she made it. So the government now considers her her disability severe and prolonged, right? It's not easy to get CPP disability. Of course, the government. But no, they think that she doesn't meet the definition. She's seeing a neurologist. She has a family doctor. Uh, she has an orthopedic specialist, I guess. She's on medication. She's 42 years old, a school teacher. John, I'm telling you right now, we are going to resolve this so fast. There's no way this insurance company is going to want to fight this. And this is the reality with many of these claims. You know, people have this misconception that these insurance companies are these Goliath entities that will run over you. No, they will not run over you. They understand that they are taking a major risk by cutting you off. Mm-hmm. But that risk, that, that poker play that they're playing with you, I mean, what are they? They're not playing that they're going to lose in court. The poker game they're playing is that you will simply back off without putting up a fight. Yeah, without putting up a fight, without consulting a disability lawyer. That's really what's happening here. Anytime I speak with someone, you know, the first thing somebody says after I, I spend an hour with them speaking and telling them what their options are, uh, what, what, you know, reassuring them that they have a case, it, it's not even the, the, the compensation I talk about that, you know, they're referring to in, in, in you know, t- taking yep. this, this, this uh, deep breath and, and yeah. being happy. It's just saying that, you know, their mind is at ease now. Now they understand the process. They understand that the, the level field is, is, is um, you know, it's, that, even, that, that, right? it's even, yeah, that yeah. we've leveled the playing field. So, you know, again, and, and, you know, in this particular case, the husband calls on behalf of his wife. Very, very important. People out there, you're listening. Maybe you're not the one dealing with this. Maybe your wife, your child, your friend, whoever it is, someone you know is dealing with this. Take the initiative, Contact me. Let me help them, right? They may not be listening or they may be listening and they may be just, you know, too depressed to call. Mm-hmm. So take the initiative the way that um, uh, the way that Andrew has, has done for his wife. Give me some details on the injury calculator between here. That's a beautiful uh, uh, tool that we've uh, created a few years back. And what it is, is it allows you, if you've been injured through, um, uh, through a car accident, a slip and fall, whatever, in Ontario, NBC, frankly, Someone else was at fault. You got injured. You want to know, does it make sense for me to pursue compensation for my injuries? You want to know, well, what do, you know, what can I get? What am I owed under the law for my, my broken ankle, my torn shoulder, my concussion, my back pain, my fracture? You know, what can I get? Well, the injury calculator is essentially a database of cases, mm-hmm. right? You're not seeing the database. What you're seeing is the front end. 
you're inputting where the accident happened, when it happened, the type of injury you suffered. Let's say it's a fracture. Yep. The calculator asks you, well, did you have surgery? Do you have chronic pain? Right. And what it does is it matches the information that you had put in to this database of cases to figure out the most analogous cases out there to your case and then spit out to you a range, a monetary range of what courts across the country have awarded for your injury. So you have a broken ankle, for example, you put in all the information, the calculator may end up uh, saying to you at the end, well, you know, according to our review of Canadian cases that have gone before courts, uh, your your injury uh, is worth from a monetary standpoint, let's say 30000 to $60,000. And you're always going to have that variance. Mm-hmm. Because you can have people of different ages, you can have injuries affecting people differently, right? But the point is, it gives you a starting point. It's anonymous. It takes you 20 or 25 seconds to actually fill in the, uh, you know, the, the boxes in there, the information. And then if you want to actually reach me and talk about you know, your full case, right? Because remember, this only talks about your pain and pain suffering. suffering, right? It right? doesn't talk about your income loss. doesn't talk about uh, out-of-pocket expenses. Maybe you have a family member that's helping you and they have a claim that's derivative, that's connected to your claim, right? For their time and expense of helping you. That kind of stuff, I have to be able to advise you. I, the calculator can't do that. It's too too specific. But what the calculator does is it gives you a starting point. Uh, and it's free and it's anonymous. And uh, at the end, if you want to reach me, you click on the button at the end for a consultation and then we get in touch. And those other damages may be much greater than the pain Oh and my God, right? absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've recently resolved a claim where somebody with an ankle fracture, but that guy was a factory worker and he was in his late 40s, and it was a pretty bad break, and he wasn't that educated. So, Mm -hmm. you know, his competitiveness in the workforce was really compromised. And I'll tell you, the the pain and suffering component of his claim was around $50,000, give or take a few thousand dollars. But the income loss component for the future, that was in the six figures range. Wow, I mean, no it kidding. dwarfed. Yeah, it dwarfed wow. the, the the pain and suffering. So, you know, you can have an injury that in itself doesn't look that bad. But listen, if you're a world-renowned uh, violinist and uh, you had a car accident and you broke uh, your pinky, wrists or whatever, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, for someone else, it may not be a big deal. For you, holy cow. Yeah, we'll take a, a short break. The number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six injury calculator at injurycalculator.ca and email anytime. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. It's the Insurance Injury Law Show. It's right here, Talk Radio AM six forty. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number anytime to get a hold of Savan. It is injurycalculator.ca. Find out what your compensation really should be for your pain and suffering. And email help at the insurance lawyer.ca as well. A couple more cases. We're gonna do some trip and fall stuff as well. That's right. Uh, so let's talk about uh, again another interesting disability case. This is coming from uh, Diego, uh, who had contacted me, and he received a letter from his insurance company that he's going to be cut off from LTD because he's deemed not to meet the definition of totally disabled. Remember what we said about that that term? Totally disabled doesn't mean that you're paralyzed. Totally disabled simply means that you can't do substantial aspects of your employment. Okay. Um, Now, the letter that he got says that he will be cut off July 23rd. We are now in May, right? So... The approach that we've been taking has been fairly aggressive with insurance companies. Again, I think you can attribute that to the fact that my patience is running really, really low with insurance companies. So in cases where my client is told, we are going to cut you off in the future, whether it's a week from now or a month from now or two months, or in one case I had, 10 months from now, Wow. we basically start these claims ASAP against the insurance company. And what we essentially argue in our legal claims is that the insurance company 
has uh, essentially is guilty of what's called anticipatory breach. Yeah, In other words, crystal balling it, right? We are anticipating that they will be breaching the contract, mm. the policy, which is the contract, the contract of insurance, by telling you they're going to cut you off. Right. So to put it in, in, give you a simple example, you hire a contractor to do your basement. The contractor is supposed to be starting uh, the job uh, in July. We are in May now. You get a call from the contractor says, uh, and by the way, you've already paid him. Right. Whatever you paid him. Contract calls you now says, sorry, I, I can't do it. I have other obligations. Well, that's that's a breach of the contract, yeah. right? It, it's anticipated now that he's breaching. He's not going to be able to do his job that he contracted right. with you to do in July. Same thing here with the insurance company. So very, very important that if you're in that situation, you are told that your LTD is going to stop. The payments will stop. Don't just wait for them to stop. Trust me, they will stop. Don't bury your head in the sand thinking, oh, maybe, you know, they'll have a change of heart. They'll forget. They'll forget. And by the way, you know, those letters that come to you, they always have that little paragraph at the end that invites you to appeal. Of course. Those appeals are useless, okay? And, you know, I, I, I wish I could just, you know, prove it to you on air. All I can tell you anecdotally, having done so many of these claims, having talked to so many other lawyers who deal with these kinds of claims, these appeals are useless. They're just, and I'll talk about a case a bit later where a person, in fact, was, um, they contacted me and they did the appeal and the decision was reversed. The person was put back on disability right. only to be cut off again two months later. So these appeals are useless. Uh, and if you're in that situation where you're being told you're going to be cut off, call me, email me, or ask your question on mydisabilityquestions.com. one 9646 is that question. Give me your next one. All right. Let's, uh, let's do the last one here so we can get to, uh, to all the material that, uh, you know, great stuff that we have planned. So this person, his name is Vito uh, from Calden. Uh, he uh, contacted us because he began receiving LTD in September of 2015. He had uh, several surgeries on his right knee. He had an ACL replacement, a meniscus repair after an injury at work. And he has a WSIB, a workers' comp claim, uh, which is really the reason here for the LTD, right? It's that accident at work. Um, And uh, he's still recovering. The insurance company sent him for a transfer skills assessment. What does that mean? Well, it basically means that it's an assessment that the insurance company is making to figure out if they can plug you in a different position, a different work work. position. So uh, the reason he contacts us is because the insurance company is trying to push him into a new type of a job, okay? But that job is only available two hours away. Mm. So the question then becomes, well, okay, does that make sense? Can the insurance company force me to that, you know, can they cut me off if I don't agree to go? And, you know, what we told them is that, look, the analysis is not, do they have a right to, to send you there? The analysis is, are you able to do any any work, right? It depends on, on, on the definition of the policy, right? right? If you are within that two years, the first two years of LTD, the test is, can you do your own job? Not can you do another job, can you do your own job? If you cannot, if your doctors say you cannot, the insurance company cannot force you to go back to work or to a different job. Beyond that two-year mark, the test changes. It's not can you do your own job. It's can you do any job for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. So, you know, what's important to understand here is that, you know, uh, this gentleman received LTD since September 2015. We are now in May 2017. So he's approaching the two-year mark. But regardless, I can't see for the life of me how an insurance company can force someone to start commuting 
two hours away. Again, would you bring Lior for this? Well, not necessarily. Right. I would bring Lior only if he was cleared for modified duties at his current workplace right. and his employer says we can't accommodate you, then Lior or another employment lawyer are going to have to figure out if the employer legitimately cannot accommodate. Right. But you see what I'm saying? The insurance companies, I mean, for them to even consider telling this guy that he has to go work somewhere two hours, a healthy person is going to have a problem commuting yeah, two no hours. No kidding. And they want this gentleman with all his issues? Again, just makes my blood boil. So you're in that situation where you're being squeezed by the LTD insurer. Don't let them squeeze you. Don't even talk to them. Let me speak with them. Let me deal with the adjuster. We'll get to some of your emails and get into trip and fall as well. That email address is help at the insurancelawyer.ca. The number anytime, one 990 9646 And the injury calculator, okay, of course, find out what your pain and suffering uh, could be worth. Injurycalculator.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio, AM 640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number you want to send an email. We'll get to some of those. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Well, we'll get to a trip and fall. So sometimes after people get uh, you know injured because of a slip and fall or car accident, they still decide to handle the case themselves. I know, sounds silly, and uh, give a statement to an insurance adjuster. Now, in most cases, they get a, a letter back several months later denying their claim because they did it themselves, which you tell them not to do. Should they uh, sh- at that point? Should they call you? The answer is yes. Don't simply give up because the adjuster on the other side tells you that you have no case. Remember, these adjusters work for insurance companies. Their loyalty is to them, not to you. Why would they tell you the truth? They're not. Now, sometimes these adjusters make proper assessments. Sometimes, in fact, there is no case. That is exactly why you should actually be coming to me at the beginning so I can tell you if it makes sense to start a claim or not. Unlike many of the lawyers out there in the field, there's, you know, like in any profession, there are good professionals and there are professionals that we'd rather not to call Mm -hmm. colleagues, okay? There are a lot of good lawyers out there. The good lawyers will tell you straight, you know, straight up. They'll be straight shooters. They'll tell you, you have a case or you don't have a case or maybe you have a case. And you need to hear that uh, because if you don't hear that or if you're sold uh, a pie in the sky, you're going to be very, very disappointed yeah. at the end of the process. And you know, to go back to your question, John, uh, yeah, even let's say you made that mistake. You try to do it on your own, which you shouldn't, uh, just like you, you, know, you wouldn't uh, repair your car if you're not a mechanic mm-hmm. or, or you, know, you wouldn't operate on yourself, yep. you're not a doctor. Even doctors should not operate on themselves. But <laughs> no, my point is that you know, this is not your, your field. But you tried to do it and you got that letter saying you have no case. Why, why, why throw that letter away? Why not just, I mean, what's, it's not going to cost you nothing to have me have a look at it, ask right. you a few questions, and within a few minutes tell you if you have a case. Yeah. So the answer is absolutely 150% call or email me. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is that email address. And uh, Shauna gets the first one here. says, my mom fell on ice six months ago and broke her right shoulder and hip when she fell to the ground. She was in hospital for almost a month and now needs a lot more help at home. I've reduced my hours at work, and I help her about three hours a day. Uh, my question is, uh, if anything, uh, what can I do about the lost earnings? Well, Sean, thank you for your email. This is an issue that comes up a lot, particularly when you have a family member, an elderly one, getting injured, and then another family member or even a friend uh, then you know, gets impacted financially for having to now carry the burden of helping this individual, which they do gladly, but is there compensation? Right. And the answer, Shauna, is absolutely yes. Uh, Section 61 under the Family Law Act says that uh, if you as a family member, and they define what a family member is, right? A wife, a husband, a mother, a child. 
if someone like that is helping an injured individual as a result of an accident, that family member uh, is allowed to make a claim, a variety of claims, actually. Mm-hmm. You can claim for the fact that, you know, now your mother is very different, right? I mean, you don't have perhaps the same relationship now. Uh, if before you went to her all the time for advice, now you find that she's being very needy towards you because of her injuries. But what about the financial losses? Absolutely. Again, Section 61, Family Law Act, Ontario. Google it. You will see. It itemizes all the things you can recover. But this assumes, Shauna, that your mom has a negligence claim here against whoever did not maintain the right. area. I'll tell you right now, uh, if uh, if it was an ice that uh, she fell, uh, which you say it is, if it was city property, I really, really hope that uh, written notice was given to the city clerk about this because you have 10 days to notify the right. city if it's city property and you fell on ice. Uh, if it's anyone else, you don't have that obligation, but you should notify the area, the property manager, the owner, as soon as possible for a variety of reasons I'm not going to get into now. Uh, but, you know, Shauna, my advice is uh, give me a call so I can actually explain all this to you. Uh, I can tell you right shoulder, hip, these are very significant injuries. I mean, this accident, assuming that the area where uh, Shauna's mother fell was not properly maintained, this is a very big claim. Easy, easy six figures. The question is where in the six figures? Right. You know, is this a settlement that starts with a, a one in the 100s? Uh, is it is it starts with two, three, four, five? I mean, I've settled these cases on the defense side when I worked for insurance companies easily for three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. Wow. So we're talking about a lot of money, Shauna, both for your mother and for you. And it's up to you guys if you want to pursue it. The limitation period for starting claims in Ontario is two years with some exceptions, but yeah. two years. The only other thing, again, I want to emphasize, if you fell, slipped and fell on ice on city property, you must notify notify the city clerk within 10 days in writing. Yeah. Extremely, extremely important. And hopefully, you know, you can't guarantee, but hopefully since it was ice, she took some pictures because that, yes. uh, that can go a thousand miles. That Two can. things, actually. Uh, pictures, extremely important. And uh, make sure that, uh, you know, she hasn't thrown the shoes that she was wearing. Make right. sure that you, you keep those because I can tell you the insurance company is going to be interested to see the state of, of the footwear. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll throw it back to LTD quickly here in the last couple of minutes. You know, we'll, uh, you know, you talk a lot about people calling about it. So what's uh, retroactive pay? How do you go about getting it for uh, disabled individuals? Can you get it? Okay, well, let's assume for a second I have Mike, and Mike is calling me because mm-hmm. he was cut off from LTT in January of this year. We are now in May. Uh, so let's assume that I take on his claim, and let's assume I resolve it in August, okay, just as an example. Well, now we're dealing with eight months worth of pay he did not have, right? Mm-hmm. The first five months until he contacted me, and then another three months for me to resolve the claim. Yeah. Well, when we actually enter into a settlement with the insurance company, we ask the insurance company, we don't ask, we demand it, you know, we say, listen, the the compensation has to go back to the date of the cutoff, because right. our argument is you should not have cut the person off in the first place. So retroactive pay is that period from the time you were cut off or denied up until the time that you had resolved the case, whether it's a settlement or a judgment in court, whatever it is, but it's that past amount. And retroactive pay, oftentimes when you settle these kinds of claims uh, and there's a lump sum type settlement, you would get or you would uh, negotiate the retroactive pay plus however much pay for the future, right? right. Two years yeah, yeah. worth, three years, 10 years, 15 going back years. And going forward. Yeah. You got it. But retroactive pay is always that time frame between when you were either denied LTD or cut off 
and the time that resolution was finally achieved. Haven't you said as well, if this happens, you get on it, don't wait, because that retroactive pay can be taxable. Right? Yes. So, yeah, so, so let don't me, wait. No, don't wait. And, and you know, I, I again, I, I don't want to berate colleagues of mine, uh, but what I've noticed from talking to some lawyers, I don't think they're necessarily doing it, you know, intentionally, but here's what happens. Someone comes to them, uh, they've been cut off from LTD, they hear me on the show, by the way, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they, uh, they they end up contacting me and saying, "Listen, I hired my lawyer last year, August of last year. This just happened to me two weeks ago, August of last year, and you know I gave the lawyer all the information. He told me I had a good case, and to date, not only is there no resolution, but a a claim, a legal claim, hasn't even been started. Right. So you know, think about this." Uh, the lawyer is going to get a f- eventually a percentage, whatever the percentage is, of whatever he recovers for you. The longer the case drags out, the more that lawyer can argue that you should be getting it, right? So if the retroactive pay, if I had started the claim back in August mm-hmm. and resolved it in December, the retroactive pay would have been for three months. Right. So my fee would have been a percentage of three months. Right. But if that lawyer hasn't even started yet right. and okay. starts now and resolves it in January of next year, Suddenly, you have what uh, sixteen months worth of gotcha. retroactive pay that the lawyer is getting a percentage from. So it's to the advantage of the lawyer. Again, I, I don't think that they're necessarily doing it intentionally, but I don't think it's fair to the individual. Right. So you know, to circle back to a point that I had made uh, at the beginning of the show, we often now, because we're so attuned to the fact that these people who are contacting us are just in absolute panic that their LTD payments are going to get cut off. We start the claim now before you even get cut off. Maybe we can achieve a resolution for you before you get cut off. Maybe you won't have that gap where you have no income, right? It's crucial. We don't get any money for that because there's no retroactive fee because you haven't been cut off yet. Right, gotcha. But you get your money quicker. one 990 and help at the More of the show coming up. The Insurance and Injury Law Show right here at Talk Radio, AM640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six to get a hold of Savannah anytime. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The email address that uh, Leslie used here says my mother listens to Savannah every Sunday. Good and uh, wanted me to email the show about a situation. My situation. I was denied LTD last year and appealed. They reversed their position and I thought I was in the clear, but my appeal worked. Um, but less than two months later, they told me I'd be cut off again. I don't understand how they can do that. They said that they made a mistake and it should not have been allowed to appeal uh, for it to go through. What can I do? What a mess, man. Well, and this, remember, we a few, a few segments ago, I said that, uh, you know, this is something that comes up, unfortunately, uh, not very often, but it, I do see it. And, uh, you know, sometimes the adjusters don't admit that they made a mistake. I love the fact that they admitted, by the way. I'd love to know from, uh, from Leslie if uh, the admission was made in writing. Yeah, but they by admitted email. that they, sh- they should have gone through. Yeah, exactly. Nice. By the way, <laughs> if, someone, if an adjuster admits a mistake to you, confirm it to them in writing. Try and see if you can get them to, to you know, just say, I just confirmed that you just told me X, Y, and Z. And hopefully they respond back, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I'll tell you, that's like, that's gold. Because it's going to be a mine that their lawyer is going to be stepping on mm-hmm. when you start the legal claim. Uh, but Leslie, unfortunately, you're not the only person in that situation. I've said it time and time again. These appeals are useless. You're appealing it to the same insurance company that uh, cut you off in the first place. And... Uh, you know, that's the only rationale I can give you, I can give you, which is that 
there's really nothing you can do short of starting a legal claim because what happens when we start a legal claim, we take it out of the hands of the insurance company. Now there is a legal process, right? Insurance companies are not above the law. No one is above the law. That's that's just the reality. So, you know, they understand that. And also, once we start a legal claim, the claim in the insurance company, uh, like it, physically there, it gets transferred generally to a different adjuster, somebody who has, you know, we have fresh pair of eyes looking at the claim. So that person, along with the defense lawyer that gets appointed, they're not worried about reversing their positions because they're not, they're not the people who made the decision to cut you off, right? If, if I go to a mediation to try and resolve a claim and in front of me sits the adjuster who made the original decision to cut off the claim, it's going to be very hard for that person to say I was wrong. That's one of the reasons, I think, why insurance companies uh, transfer. Once there's a legal claim, they transfer the claim internally to a different adjuster, mm-hmm. a litigation adjuster that deals with these claims. And that's why we see a very, very high success rate of resolution of these claims. So, Leslie, what do you do? You give me a call off air uh, or email me or go to mydisabilityquestions.com, go to fightformyltd.com. Yep. I will help you. This is not going to be an issue. I'm going to want to see the denial letter, both of them. I'm going to want to see some medical documents that you've submitted. Uh, and I'll tell you, within 30 seconds, if you have a case or not, but based on what you're telling me, I think you have a case. one 9646 Back to LTD for a sec. So does an employer have, do they have to say anything or whether a disabled person's eligible for LTD benefits or not? So, so the question is, and this happens sometimes, right. um, where somebody calls, in fact, this happened last week, where a person called us up, and th- actually this question came from one of our employment lawyers, and his client um, was saying, look, my employer is the one who's actually paying me LTD. Right. We see this with some major corporations, so they're the ones actually paying the disability yes. payments. It's not an insurance company, it's them. But the employer doesn't have expertise in managing these claims. So what the employer does in these cases, let's assume it's a bank. The bank contracts usually with an insurance company where the insurance company then makes the decision as to whether or not you fit the criteria for disability. So then that third party, that insurance company, oversees your claim, manages your claim, and reports to your employer who is the payor, who is the one that's actually paying you. So... What happens in a situation where, as with this gentleman that had uh, contacted one of our employment lawyers, he says, listen, who should I be complaining to? They cut off my LTD. My employer is the one who should be paying it, but my employer says, no, that's the advice that they got from the uh, the insurance company who's managing the claim. You see how they're pointing fingers at each yeah. other? In the meantime, this poor gentleman has no income, has nothing. So I'll tell you this, again, I, I, maybe, again, short fuse, I, I tend to just lash out at, at all sides because it's just so unfair to these individuals who are struggling with their disability and at the same time they're told, we're, we're, you know, you're not going to get covered. Yeah. You had that safety net in theory, but you know what? We're going to pull the rug right from underneath you. No. So what we do is I engage both the employer and the insurance company and I give them a choice. You guys decide who's going to pay what. It's going to be the employer at the end of the day because they're the payor. But the insurance company is not going to get off scot-free because they're the ones who are managing the claim. But you do have these situations happen and if you're in that situation, give me a call. Email me. Again, I'll tell you what your options are. No charge. one 990 is the number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is that email. And if you haven't found out what your uh, injuries could be worth, go to injurycalculator.ca. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show just ahead. Talk Radio, AM640.
one 990 and help at the The email, Steph uh, writes in, she says, my husband has been on long-term disability for over a year now and the stress of speaking and dealing with the case manager at the insurance company, just overwhelming for both of us. He hasn't been denied yet, but we feel like that uh, will be happening in the next year or so. Can we have uh, you deal with the insurer for our behalf? If so, what would that cost? How do we do it? No. Okay, perfect. I'm and have a good kidding. day, people. I'm kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> Steph, absolutely. Yeah. I do this all the time. And by the way, this is a huge, this is something that people really have difficulty wrapping their heads around. They're like, wait a second. You're telling me that you're going to deal with the insurance companies on our behalf and you're not, we're going to have to pay you for this? Mm-hmm. Well, look, it, it doesn't take a long time for us. Like, it's This is not a time suck for me or my associates or my team to deal with the insurance company. And what we do is we tell people, look, if you are under tremendous stress, if you feel like you're being bullied or victimized or whatever by the adjuster, and that happens, let us deal with the claim for you, okay? How do we get paid? It's very simple. If they cut you off, which I hope they won't because Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of us working here. If they cut you off, we fight them. And when there is an eventual resolution, we get paid. It's a percentage of whatever it is. Pretty Uh, simple. You know, it's simple. You don't pay anything along the way. You don't pay anything at the beginning, nothing. And why do we do this? Because that's the model that we've established. It works for us. It builds trust with individuals. A lot of the clients that come to us on the employment, on the LTD, on the car accident, they are referrals from other people that we've helped in the past. You know, John, we started the firm 10 years ago. We are now at 18 lawyers and we are growing fast. We're opening a Vancouver office in September. Mm-hmm. No one grows this fast in the legal field, in the most legally saturated market in the country, in Toronto, uh, and we have office in Ottawa, and and we do work all across, but no one grows that quickly uh, without having a lot of former clients refer people to us. Integrity. Integrity, exactly. And I know, yes, for a lot of people out there, they're listening and thinking, nah, lawyers are all the same. No, they are not. Just like not all dentists are the same, not all mechanics are the same. So, you know, if you have questions, you need help, call me. You're having difficulty with the insurance adjuster, even if you just want to ask a few questions, you know, just because you're curious, because your mother or your father or your brother or your sister or your child, friend, colleague is facing those issues with Mm -hmm. the LTD insurer. You want to have some peace of mind, give me a call, email me. If it's not me, it's going to be an associate of mine. Somebody's going to talk to you. Whoever's in the office is going to talk to you, give you this information. You're not going to have to pay for it. 1-888-990-9646 one 990 is that number. Again, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to one more here. David says, last year I was in a car accident. Pretty bad. Haven't gone back to work. I'm a plant manager, but my job includes travel. I applied for LTD and was approved, but now I'm told uh, by my LTD adjuster that I should try to return to work program in a couple of months, but don't feel that I'm anywhere near ready, and my doctors also agree with me, but my adjuster's pushing. I'm afraid that if I don't do what the insurance company says, they'll just cut me off. What should I do? Can they cut me off if I don't try? So the answer is they can cut you off at any time. Whether or not they're allowed to is a different story, and that's where we come in and we fight them. Uh, And and there are two ways to deal with this, uh, David. One is, I'll tell you right now what you can do yourself. The other way is to simply have me engage the adjuster, just like we just discussed, and I can get them off your back. In fact, once I get involved, my team gets involved, the adjusters, the insurance company, is not allowed to talk to you directly. They have to go through us. So you're not going to get any of of those phone calls or emails, you know, that stress you out. 
Now, to answer your question, uh, what can you do yourself? Well, here's what I think you need to do. You need to get a, a letter from your doctor, not just a uh, one-liner or a notepad, a prescription pad where it says you can't work. You need some kind of a more robust opinion. Yeah, whether it's a couple of paragraphs, three. The doctor has to say exactly why it is that you are not ready at this point in time to go back to work, mm-hmm. right? Explain why. If you have other treatment practitioners, not just a family doctor, you have a specialist, you have, uh, I don't know, a social worker, you have a psychologist, whatever. The more of these letters from people who are treating you, the better. Now, uh, I I just want to mention something else because you were really focusing, David, on the LTD. You mentioned you were in a car accident. I don't know what's happening with a car accident, but let's not forget about that uh, portion of the claim. It's not LTD. But have you received accident benefits from your insurance company? You haven't worked. Have you received income replacement benefits? Because you should be applying for those. And again, if you don't know how or you haven't done that, contact me and I'll help you. Uh, if a tort you were, claim? If you were not at mm-hmm. fault, somebody else was at fault for the accident, you may have a, a much larger claim against the at-fault party's insurance company, right? You can have a claim that's huge, Right. And so now suddenly you have a potential car accident claim, a tort claim against the other driver's insurance company. Maybe you have a claim with your insurance company, mm-hmm. accident benefits, and you have an LTD claim. You see how, John, this can be quite daunting and yeah. complex and somebody who's injured who just wants to try and get better, they can't deal with this stuff. Yeah. You can't just Google this stuff and figure out heads or tails. Many lawyers don't even know how these laws uh, you know, fit in together. How, how, you know, it's, it's, it's a jigsaw pu- uh, puzzle. So, so David, we can definitely help. Um, can they cut you off if you don't try? They can, but what you should do is get that comprehensive letter from your doctor, submit it, uh, or have me deal with your insurance company. Great for another week, my friend. Uh, leaving the number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. You want to go to help at the insurance lawyer dot uh, dot ca for email. And if you haven't tried it already, injurycalculator.ca. Find out what your pain and suffering monies could be worth. It's simple. Takes uh, less than a minute to do that, and you can consult uh, with Savan. Your choice at the uh, at the end of that as well. Until next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio AM six forty.